Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We call it the Sunday Night Get Together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mac coming your way live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Now, would you bet your mortgage on either one of these two teams going into the final three games of the NBA season. Been a toss-up to me. We'll see what our guest thinks here. He covers the NBA day in and day out. You hear him all the time on Sirius XM's NBA radio. Joe Brown joins me here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Gerald, are you ready for some summer? Are you ready for some basketball? Jody Mack, I'm, I'm ready for some basketball because it has been a very entertaining series. Um, something that I was really concerned about, just the way the teams that were sort of, we knew Golden State was going to be there, and just a question of the matchup. Would these matchups, if it was Boston or Miami, sort of be a situation where it wasn't a cakewalk for the Golden State Warriors? That hasn't been the case, and uh, it's been some very entertaining basketball thus far. It truly has, and oh, by the way, we're tied at 2-2. Both teams have proved they can win on the road in the other team's buildings, I don't know how it can be any more balanced going into the last three games. I had some interesting calls yesterday on the show from overly enthusiastic Warrior fans and Celtic fans who believed that uh, it was a foregone conclusion that their team was going to win. I think it's a toss-up in these final three games. I guess advantage Golden State because they got two out of three at home, but the Celtics have been the best road playoff basketball team I've seen in a while. I think it's a stone cold toss up now that we get to game number six, uh, five. How about you? I think I agree with you, Jody Mack. It's totally a toss up because one thing that's interesting, and and you know, if you look at the sort of track record of both teams in the playoffs, you know, Golden State when they had opportunity to close out series against Denver, I think also maybe Memphis as as well as Dallas. You know, they they basically let the series get extended. Then on the flip side of that, with the uh, Boston, you know, in their series with, you know, uh, Milwaukee as well as Miami, 
it, it was always a situation on a level of consistency that finally when Miami was, I mean, Boston was able to win two games in a row that kind of put the uh, series to bed in the Eastern Conference Finals. I still don't think that that's the case because of the certain matchups and each team presents. Um, it's very hard to lean, you know, which way in this series. And I wouldn't be surprised if this game, this series went down to seven games. Seven games and maybe even late in the game number seven. Um the show that Steph Curry put on in game number four the other night was special, if not spectacular, uh, just taking control, couldn't miss, shooting impeccable. I don't want to take anything away from Steph. I would call him the leader right now for the MV- MVP of this series. However, and they do a good job in the broadcast, uh, Jackson and, and Van Gundy, they they keep harping on the fact that well, you got to get out on the picks. You can't drop back on the picks. And to the Warriors' credit, they usually try and get Al Horford involved or Robert Williams involved, the guys who would uh, be up to the task of rim protecting. So they just naturally float backwards. And Steph doesn't need but a foot or two of separation. He's going to drain a three against you. Why don't the Boston Bigs get this? I know that Emiadoka has told him that, but is it just ingrained that that's your job, that even on a good pick that you're just going to drop back foul line or further down? Uh, I, I want to give Steph all the credit for making all the shots. Getting wide open is one thing, then knocking down a 28-footer is another. But what is what has been Boston's problem that they don't get the fact that you have to get out and get up and over and hedge on any screen where Steph Curry has the ball? Well, Jody Mack, I think that, you know, you know, clearly you don't play a Steph Curry each and every single day in the Eastern Conference. You might play him once a year, twice a year, and it's not back to back. And I think that what's happening now is it's easier said than done. These guys are creatures of habits. Maybe it's a factor that, again, just looking at the mindset, maybe there's a situation where they're so worried about the guy that's rolling to the basket or, you know, just any way of getting beat by him other than the three-point shot and just a level of comfort, you know, in, in these situations where they're not constantly doing that because they're not facing it. I'm going to err on the side of the fact that i got to give them a little leeway because it's not something that they have been accustomed to doing so. And essentially guarding somebody that spectacular, and it's very foreign to them. And it's really just showing. But, I mean, give, you know, Golden State and Steve Kerr the credit in terms of identifying a weakness in Boston's defense and exploiting it to the fullest. They've done just that, and uh, the Warrior offense is, I would think, the superior offense coming into this uh, NBA final. I thought the Celtic defense was superior. Their defense has been erratic. Usually when you say erratic, you think offense, but I think the Celtic defense has been erratic. What do they have to do differently? What do they have to do better after uh, not being able to stop Golden State in the last two minutes the other day? Do you think there's any changes in defense for the Celtics coming forward? Well, I think their defense has been pretty okay, you know, if you will. I think the struggles for them has been their offensive struggles in the third quarter, you know, and taking care of the ball. You know, Jason Tatum has turned the ball over in two of their losses, and even going back to the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, he's turned it over. When things go bad, it's always somewhere between five and six or even more turnovers. That's a lot of high turn. That's a high volume of turnovers for Jason Tatum and the Celtics. And their third quarters 
and in a lot of their series, and specifically in these two games that they've lost, have been really quarters that they struggled to take care of the ball as well as manufacture shots and get quality shots to the basket. Um, you know, their defense has done a good job because think about it. Clay Thompson had that good game in game three, you know, and, and then obviously hit some big shots in game four. You know, I think it was more so not the defense of, of Boston, but some of the adjustments that Golden State made which was a huge one and I think was really a game changer, if you will. The decision to pull Draymond, especially in that fourth quarter, and allowing Kevon Looney, who was bigger, has had a presence on the backboards, uh, allowing those opportunities to now get those second-chance shots, which open up inevitably some opportunities for Clay and among other guys to hit shots that in game three, they might have been there, but they just couldn't hit the shot. So, I wouldn't say more so the defense for the Boston Celtics. I think more what is more concerning is the fact that the matter is their struggles in the third quarter as well as taking care of the ball. There were some people that questioned Jason Tatum after game number four. He's got to be in control in the last two minutes. He's got to take the shot. How do you go with him not getting uh, shot up in the last two minutes? He took 23 shots for the game. I did not think he was not aggressive enough over the course of the game, and I'll give credit to the Warrior defense that they made him give up the basketball late in the game. Do you agree that as the star player, Tatum's got to do more, or do his teammates have to be able to pick him up when the Warriors decide, well, we're just not going to let him get the ball up at the rim? Yeah, I agree with you. I think the fact is the the, uh, Warriors have really zeroed in on him, but let's just look at how – they uh, the Boston Celtics have a a very unique situation where they can have two star players and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that obviously one has really been the fix in the wind he's been the guy in Tatum that really gets up to go to a good start it really sets the tone and everybody feeds off of that and then you have a guy like Jalen Brown who in some of the wins has been kind of like a pseudo closer for them uh, and and so. A lot of the stuff that Tatum has talked about, and people, people are talking about Tatum needs to do this and do that. Well, if you look at the flow of their offense and their opportunities, a lot of that has really fallen upon Jalen Brown exploiting his matchup and really feeding that hot hand and staying with it. So that really made you know makes a lot of sense. So I, I don't subscribe to that theory. I think that clearly the biggest thing is he has to take better care of the ball. It's not about the shots yeah. and stuff like that. It's just really taking care of the ball couple of big turnovers for the Celtics uh, in that fourth quarter that led to the Golden State victory. All right, coming home for the Warriors, they were a very good home team during the regular season, but Boston already got them once in their own building, uh, but they have momentum off the game for win. But is there really even, even momentum in this series? Seeing as neither team has won back-to-back games so far, uh, chances are momentum is not going to be known until we get to the last two minutes and see who's uh, ahead on the scoreboard, right? Yeah, that's been the key thing. I mean, you know, uh, if you look at what, you know, the, the, both teams has really struggled, and I think the biggest challenge has been, Jody, is that I like to call them the others, the role players, if you will. The role players haven't been consistent. So we've heard about Draymond Green's struggles. And really how, again, he hasn't been effective uh, in terms of being able to be that scorer since Clay Thompson has really struggled. And then when Steve Kerr, as alluded to earlier, decided to put Kevon Looney in there, 
Well, now you had some more opportunities to make shots, and now you got a guy in there. So it'll be really interesting if that formula continues to hold a form and Draymond not being there in those certain situations, and then playing Otto Porter and putting Otto Porter in that starting lineup. It'll be interesting to see exactly if he can be consistent and hit shots because the more opportunities that they have guys that are uh, making shots, well, now the Boston Celtics defense defense can't sort of just square and key on in on Steph Curry because you know what you're going to get from him. But if Clay is going, if, if Otto Porter Jr. is going, that will open up so many opportunities and as well as Jordan Poole. And then on the flip side of that, you know, you had that monster game won by Al Horford. You know, then you had these situations where you have Tatum and Brown. There you know what you're going to get from them. And it's Marcus Smart, Derek White. But then Grant Williams, was he was MIA in, in, in game three and game four. So it, it's just a question of, number one, are they going to get the production that they required or is needed from the others. And and if they get, look, if they get three or more scorers that are, are really producing, I think Boston has a great sh- chance of winning the game. But um, going home, you know, when you look at that first game out the gate, you know, I didn't know if Golden State was rusty. You know, they had a long, about a week layoff um, after disposing of the Dallas Mavericks and waiting for the Celtics. You know, I looked at that, maybe that was the case, but It'll be really interesting to see if Clay Thompson, who had a good game in game three, struggled in game four, but still got the win. What Clay Thompson performance will you get? And if that, along with Steph Curry, um, it, it really adds more, you know, opportunities for the Warriors to go ahead and win. But like you said earlier, it, it's a toss up, Joey, because I think these teams and stuff like that, when you have guys and the others that are really, again, your star players, you know what you're going to get from them. But it's the role players and who, which role players? Is it the guys that's on the road for the Celtics or can the home players for the Warriors provide success? Yeah, I give, uh, first of all, uh, Clay Thompson credit. His, game, his offensive game wasn't completely on par. Game four, he played better on defense than I think he played all series. He at one point was one of the best defensive players in the league. I don't think he's that anymore, but he's still pretty good, and he played very well the other night, caused a couple of those turnovers that the Celtics had, so I'll tip my app to him there. Um, give me your answer on this one. Difficult game to referee in game number four. Both teams played very physically. I've been getting calls about, oh, the Celtics are going to win because they're more physical. I don't think they have been. I think the Warriors, mostly led by Draymond, uh, but Looney as well, and Clay's uh, not a, not afraid to body up either. They played physical basketball too, and trying to get to the rim either way for these two teams in game number four was very difficult. They played a very physical game. I personally thought the refs did a good job. I thought it was a very tough game to ref. And overall, I think they've done a pretty darn good job here in the final. And I need to know. I see a lot of complaining. Is that just Celtic fans when the calls don't go their way? Complaining Warrior fans when the calls don't go their way? Any call is always a missed call if it's against their team. Give me an objective observer's uh, opinion on how the refs have done in the first four games of this series. Well, you know, Jody, I, I think that, you know, it's the human element. You know, guys are going to miss calls. There are going to be some calls, but I agree with you. It has been a series that, you know, it's been well, well, you know, refereed and officiated. But, you know, there are some calls that, hey, look, when the, I think it was game four, uh, with Steph, when it goes up for the three and doesn't get the foul call on Jalen, Jason Tatum, 
um, you know, a lot of the things that the Celtics are able to do off the dribble in terms of there are times where the Warriors perimeter players couldn't stay in front of those guys and then they're going to the basket, there's some bumps, and then obviously it's not being called. But um, I don't think that we can complain because one thing, the refereeing and the officiating hasn't been on the forefront of a lot of people's thoughts and minds in this series, in my humble opinion. We've seen great basketball, we've seen great defense, and it's been competitive. So I don't think that officiating, uh, if there's on a list of saying, well, yeah, these are the certain things that, you know, hasn't gone gone well, I would say the officiating is, is, is on my list at least is down the line. I would agree there. All right, a uh, couple of NBA questions, not finals related. Kenny Atkinson getting the gig with the Charlotte Hornets. I was a fan of Kenny with the Nets. Thought he got a little shortchanged when he lost his job. Uh, that Carolina job is a weird one. They, they they never make that next step up to a true contender. They can make the playoffs now that it's uh, 10 teams in each conference. Is that a good job for Kenny Atkinson or just, hey, they give you an offer, you got to jump back on the horse because you never know if someone else is going to ask down the road? I think it's a good job because uh, obviously you have young talent. Um, you know, they, they're going to have to have a decision in regards to uh, Jordan and management is going to re-sign uh, Miles Bridges. You know, you got some pieces that are in place in LaMelo Ball. And I think the biggest thing is, is that you're right. When Kenny Atkinson was in Brooklyn, you know, you had a bunch of players that obviously were still trying to sort of prove their worth in the NBA. And one thing about what they were able, he was able to do and that team was able to do, they all bought in. So now the question will come into, which is with any situation, is how much buy-in will you have from those younger players who, yeah, they might have read their press clippings, they've had some success, Lamella Ball is rookie of the year. How much of a buy-in will they give into Kenny Atkinson's philosophy, thought process, in order for them to take the next step? That will be the key. But they have some talent. It's just a question of how will how well will they mesh together. I need a prediction out of you, and I'm not going to ask you about the Warriors and the Celtics. We're about 10 days, week and a half away from the NBA draft. Are we going to have an exciting night? Will there be deals to be made? Will there be a lot of uh, moving up and down the board? Or is it just going to be teams pick in order, best available player, blah, 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 uh, and and not have that good debate as to whether a team made a good move or not, trading up or trading down. Crystal ball is for me. Uh, NBA draft night. A lot of movement or just at the end of the day, we're going to have 60 uh, new names in the NBA. Well, I think we might have some moves, but I tell you the biggest move that is going to be on that chessboard, if you will, will be Obviously, if we have a lot of movement, then we can say perhaps maybe the forecast looks good in terms of labor peace between the Players Association and the league itself. Um, if there's not a lot of movement, maybe you know teams are a little gung-shy, if you will, because perhaps there could be sort of a work stoppage that could be on the horizon uh, if, if there's some labor issues there. I think the biggest thing is, is that, you know, aside from free agency and the draft, you know, like you mentioned, is the fact that the matter is there's a big issue and getting, you know, both parties on the same page and seeing if they can rectify this situation before they opt out in December really will tell us if this uh, season or the season to come will not be affected by that. So draft night is sort of a great gauge 
to see exactly. If we see a lot of moves, that means that perhaps we won't see any type of work stoppage. Um, I think that, you know, somehow, some way, I don't know, does you know, does El, do, do the Lakers do something in terms of making a move? I mean, there could be some moves, but if there's a major, major move out there, I would be very shocked and surprised. That's why we get uh, Terrell Brown on with us. I had not even tied the CBA to the NBA draft, but could be foretelling. Uh, out there. Very good way to look at it. Now you've given me something to think about leading up to the NBA draft. I will be rooting heartily for a busy night because that would bode well that uh, we will not have any season interrupt us. And it's more fun for guys like you and I who do this for a living and talk about it. Gerald, I appreciate you talking to me today. Thanks, brother. I will catch up again. Enjoy the last three games of the NBA season. Lee Mac, always a pleasure. You do the same as well. Daryl Brown does a great job for Sirius XM's NBA radio. Hopping aboard with us here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Jody Mack coming back. Let's get those phones reopened. Wow, CBA tied to the draft. I hadn't gone there. That's why we get guys like Gerald on. Good thinking on his part. Need your good thinking on my phone lines, 855-212-4227. Get aboard with the Mac Man on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.